source of true delight, my unseen adore. Unveil thy beauties to my sight, that I might love thee more. Oh, that I might love thee more. You're listening to the weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. The following message was recorded live from our sanctuary. Our prayer is that this message would nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you as you listen. See my bleeding Today's scripture reading is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. If you're using the Blue Pew Bibles, it's can be found on page 877. Luke 18, chapter, or verses 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The word of the Lord. morning let's uh let's ask the word to bless his lord to bless his word in our time let's pray father by nature we are not patient people and so dear lord we need you um, to convince us that we serve a god who stands for the cause of goodness and righteousness and justice. So be with your people this morning now and show them Jesus, we ask. In Christ's name, amen. Just housekeeping, Jacob. I think that we're going to sing the closing hymn right after the preaching, right? It says it's at the very bottom after the announcements. Am I wrong? Am I misreading that? Okay, this is my 44-year-old brain that is now lost. Because I come here every Sunday. Right after the sermon? Okay, thanks. Um, thanks for that aside. I am... Um, I, I feel like a strange hypocrite this morning <clears throat> preaching this. I'm not a patient person. I don't take injustice very well. Ask my wife. She's normally very just to me. But the moment I feel the slightest tinge of unjust anger coming my way or thought... Regardless of who it is, I can fly off fairly quickly. I'm not very patient. My wife is always gentle and kind, so she's really never the one that does that, right? But I don't handle injustice well. And I've seen uh, some injustice, not to me, but to some friends and to some things in the world that have have caused me to kind of scratch my head and wonder a little bit. And, um, And I've gone to this passage, and so now you get to suffer through it with me this morning a little bit on this. Um, 
This is a parable that straight up tells you at the beginning is just about God calling His people to persist in prayer in the face of injustice. That's the point. In one sense, we could kind of pray. Here's the take-home message. You ready? People of God, in the face of injustice, pray. Let's pray and go. We could go home right now. That's the message. It's very simple in some ways. Uh, But there's some things I think we want to hear from it. Uh, Because of this, a couple disclaimers, and here's why. If you're here this morning and you're considering the claims of Christianity and prayer seems strange to you for just one second, let me just say to you this. Prayer is something that Christians do because we believe that God is a person who actually desires for His people to pour out their hearts audibly or just from their heart without words, our desires, our love for Him, the joy we have in Him, to, to think of His mercy, to tell Him our needs and our hopes and our hurts and our wishes. And we believe that God actually, because He is a person, hears those things. And He doesn't just hear them, He answers them. So, if you're here this morning, I want you to know kind of that prayer is something we actually believe God really does hear and, and cares about and answers. Some of you may be here this morning, and I will tell you that I think prayer is one of the hardest spiritual disciplines Consistent prayer, persistent prayer. I mean, when we talk about prayer, we all say, I mean, I know I should pray more. And I want you to hear that this parable is not something to beat you down. This parable is given for the people of God who need to hear that there is one who stands by their side. Okay? This is a parable of encouragement that Jesus is giving for you. Um... There may be some of you this morning who really have faced injustice. An injustice that has not been answered. And I want to tell you this morning that this is a good word of hope for you. What Jesus says here. There's one more disclaimer. And I owe this to a friend of mine by the name of Brian Habig. This parable is hard in some ways for us to hear because we're a people who live in a culture where justice is something we often take for granted. Okay? We live in a world where justice is something we mostly can get. Okay, please don't feel guilty because I say this, but we are mostly a room of haves. That's okay. But the haves typically have access to to means of recourse when there is injustice. Guys, we have a court system that is built on this idea of due process. It's the air we breathe. We have better business bureaus. We have helplines. We have advocacy groups. And if all else fails, we just believe that by sheer force of will, we can outlast the AT&T lady and get justice on our bill. (laughs) Right? You have grown up in a world where justice is something we take for granted. That's okay. We are thankful for the country in which we are raised. But there are huge swaths of the world and history where that is not a foregone conclusion. Again, that's not to make us guilty or feel guilty. I was at a party last night um, speaking to um, this guy who... It's just a neat fellow. I just met him last night. He was talking about going to Africa. He teaches 
seminary in Africa, and he runs a business here. But he was talking about, I think the man's name was Eunice. Uh, he's a preacher in Africa whose father has been killed and who has a sister who, let me put it this way, treated utterly shamefully by men. Who has no place to go for justice. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. No one is going to take up his cause. There are no recourses, no advocacy groups, no courtroom that will help him. There is nothing, humanly speaking, he can do about it. And Jesus looks and he's talking and saying, folks, in the face of injustice, what will we do? And I I just want you to see two things. One, I want you to see the God, the vindicating God this morning who calls us to pray. I want you to see the God who believes in justice, who calls His people to pray. And then after that, I want us to talk a little bit about the call to persistent prayer. So first, by way of encouragement, the God who stands by His people to vindicate them. This is what I want you to see. And the way you and I see it is this. You see it in this story of the unjust judge, and it is a picture of contrast, right? You're going to see that we ought to pray by a picture of contrast from this judge. So this is what you see. Jesus tells a parable and he says, look, there is a man in this city and he's a judge. And he does not fear God or respect man. And if you were around at that point, you would have known the Old Testament and The Old Testament says things like this. This is out of 2 Chronicles. When God appointed judges, He says this. He appointed judges in the land. And this is what He said to them. Consider what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. This is the way God set up human judges to be in the land. And this is what it says about this judge. He doesn't care about God. He has no fear of God. Judge who? Seriously? He doesn't care. He doesn't think God will judge anybody. And not only does he not think God will judge anybody, he doesn't... The term is respect, man. That's actually not the best term. He has no shame in front of man. That's actually what the phrase means. This is why it's important. That culture was a culture of shame. You didn't motivate your son by saying, Johnny, do this because it's right. You motivated people in that culture by saying this. If you don't do this, it will bring shame on you and your family. It was a culture of shame. And what this is saying is, this guy didn't care at all what people thought of him. As a matter of fact, we're fairly certain that there was a good running practice in the, in the courts of that day of judges taking bribes. Openly, As a matter of fact, there were basically like courtroom bookies who their sole job was to do this, walk around and, and get the highest bid from the people in the, who were in the courtroom on the case. And basically, he would hand the paper to the judge and go, Johnny bid the highest, and the judge would judge in his favor for bribes. So this is the judge. He doesn't care what God thinks. And he could certainly care less what you think. He has no shame in front of men. 
He's not going to do the right thing because somehow he'd be embarrassed by taking a bribe. He is more than willing to line his pockets. And there's this widow who has an adversary. And we're to assume from this that she is being kind of taken advantage of. That she actually has a case for justice. And widows in that culture were some of the most helpless people. And it's, it's actually presumed because she is the one who's in court that she has no kind of male relative to bring up her case. There is no one to help her. Notoriously taken advantage of. Ground under the wheels of injustice. She has no help. No one will speak for her. No recourse. She has nothing to do. And the judge is obviously not taking her side, right? For a while, he refuses her. He just doesn't listen to her. He's not going to judge for righteousness. He's going to judge for the amount of money he can get. He's simply going to rule for the lining of his pocket. And you're supposed to feel that this guy does not care a hoot for justice. And yet this widow, she just keeps coming. She keeps coming at him. She's like that mosquito that just keeps flying around your ear that you can't swat. And and actually what's interesting is this. In that day, if a man had done this, kind of haranguing that kept coming back, he would have either been thrown out of the court or arrested or maybe even beaten. But because there was this culture that in some ways kind of respected women, she could get away with this. She could keep coming. And she does. And she keeps coming and she keeps coming and she keeps coming and she keeps coming and she keeps yelling her case out and she keeps crying for justice and she won't give up. And this is what the text says. He doesn't care about justice. He doesn't care about rightness. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about her. But he says, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. The language is actually the language of getting a black eye. Not that she would physically kind of accost him, but he just says to get this crazy woman off my back. I'm going to give her justice. Now, what's the point you're supposed to take from that? This is one of those how much more stories. Right? If this guy, if this no good rotten charlatan will give the widow justice, how much more will God give justice to those He loves? You know the how much more things. I mean, say you've got this scrawny little guy at the circus, right? He comes out in his baggy shorts and his suspenders are falling down and He's got wimpy little arms and he goes to this barbell and he like, ah, struggles, and, ah, and he, you know, gets it up. And you're like, oh, okay. And he puts it down and then all of a sudden out walks this like big beefy dude. You know, he's a human V. His arms are as big around as the scrawny guy. And you think as he steps up to the bar, well, if that little dude can do it, certainly this guy can do it. 
If this guy will give justice, if this unrighteous judge will give justice, how much more will God, who is the God and judge of all the earth, give justice? That's what you're supposed to feel. Won't God give justice to His people when they face wrong? That's the kind of the question. It's rhetorical, right? There it is. There's the question. Won't God give justice to His elect? Won't He? How do you know? See, Jesus tells this parable. I think it's interesting when He tells it. It's the end of His public ministry. He is about to Himself be crucified at the hands of unjust judges by the providence of a just and righteous God. And He's telling the parable to His disciples who themselves are about to face injustice and martyrdom. And He looks at them and says, Guys, I want to tell you a story. Keep on praying when injustice comes your way. Because there's this little widow. And if this dude gives justice, how much more will God? Y'all, we come to a God who takes justice deathly seriously. How? This is where the condemnation of Jesus comes front and center. The righteous God Himself who believes and upholds justice condemns the Son whom He loves because He takes justice so seriously that He will not have it undone, but condemns His Son that you and I, who rightly ought to fall under His justice, would rather fall under His mercy. But He has not given up His justice. Does God take justice seriously? He will absolutely stand by it. Because justice and mercy meet at the cross. Here is a God who is both kind and deathly serious about it. And the resurrection of Jesus points to the fact that the hope for future saints is this. That there is justice down the road. If you look, and I think this is what's hard. He says, and this is I think is what's hard. Will not God give justice to elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. And I think that's the rub, isn't it? God says He'll bring justice speedily for His saints. He'll take up their wrongs in a hurry. And the question that comes to our mind is, well, what's a hurry? Because for me, a hurry is yesterday. But there's a clue to the answer in the end of the parable because Jesus looks at His people and says, will there be faith? Will He find faith when the Son of Man comes? Speedy in terms of eternity is a hard thing for us to understand and bear, isn't it? That's part of what makes us struggle to keep faith, isn't it? The long delay. When I see injustice met... I'm prone to lose heart. And Jesus reminds me that if this schmuck of a judge will give justice, 
How much more the God who loves His people, who has come for His elect, who has laid down His life for those whom He loves, who has Himself become the object of scorn and condemnation through His Son to satisfy justice. If that is true, will not God give His people justice? He will. He will. Wade sang this song last week. I want you to hear this verse. It's this song called Beams of Heaven. It's so good. The third verse says something like this. Harder yet may be the fight. And right may often yield to might. Wickedness a while may reign. Satan's cause may seem to gain. But there's a God that rules above with hand of power and heart of love. And if I'm right, and we are right, He will fight my battle, and I will have peace someday. We're a culture of immediacy. I'm mad when the AT&T person puts me on hold to check my records. If the web page doesn't load instantaneously, I'm frustrated and looking for a new carrier. But Jesus looks at you and me in the real hardships of life and says, wait, wait. Wickedness may rule and reign for a little while. Beloved people of God, wait. He is the God of all judgment and justice over all the earth. He will right the wrongs of His people. Look at the cross of Christ. He will deal justly for the cause of His people whom He loves. He will. And you go just a little further. And you go to the graveside and you go to people and Mary and Martha who go and Jesus right appears. And the angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He has been vindicated. Will God not take up the cause of the people He loves? He will. You may have to wait. And you read the book of Revelation and you read chapter 6 and there's that part where it says that the cry of the saints goes up. How long, O Lord? How long till you vindicate the blood of your people? How long till you make right what is wrong? And isn't that the hope of the kingdom of God? Y'all, what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come, what? On earth as it is in heaven. There's a dirty little secret you need to know. That the church of Jesus in the here and now, we're the losers. That's it. There's the song. That's so funny. I don't know where that's coming from. 
from an earthly definition, we are temporarily on the losing side. Temporarily. So what do we do? Jesus says we pray. What He says we do. We come to the God of all justice and we lift up our hearts with all our hurts and with all our prayers and we pray and we pour out our soul to God and we say things like, God, will you tarry long over your people? And, you know, I, I just, I read some things like the Sudan. And they have an entire official agency that is set up to prosecute corruption. And since, 19, since 2005, not one official has been prosecuted. And what do we do? I think part of what you and I do as the people of God is, is we look at the cause of those who for the sake of Jesus have been run over. We lift up our voices for them and we pray for them. We lift them up. But what else do we do? Look, don't hear me say that we don't fight injustice in some ways, right? It's, the Bible also says that what does God love? God loves justice and mercy. Am I saying that we should just lay down and do nothing? No. We should roll up our sleeves and we should get involved and we should take up the cause of the poor and the widow. We should. But when we have exhausted all of the measures that we can do out of righteousness and in the cause of justice is still not met, what do we do? We wait and we pray. We wait and we pray. We pour ourselves out to God, knowing that He will fight the battle for His people. And, you know, I, you guys may have read it, like we got that email from the CEO of Hobby Lobby, right? He's who is kind of being forced to pay for stuff that is against his conscience. And he's taking the, the, the court to federal court. And that's a fine thing in some ways. But if he loses the lawsuit, it really may be that he loses his business and his money and his livelihood and all he's worked for. And it may be that there is little to no recourse that he will have in this life. But Jesus will take up his cause. Now, you know, there's that stuff out there. Uh, but I, I just want to throw a couple things out in this kind of thing as to why we pray. As it, as not as application. For one, if you're here this morning and there is a real hurdle, if you say, I can't believe in a God because there is injustice, and if we're God real, He would just take care of it now, I want you to know that the Bible is the most honest thing you will ever read. Because it tells of the world the way it really is. And rather than a cause for unbelief, I actually want that to be for you a cause to come to faith in Christ. Because the world is the way God describes it. And He really will take up the cause of justice and has. And has established His kingdom. I think that this is a caution for you who are here this morning. If you're considering coming to faith in Jesus, I want you to know that there's a sober reality to that. There's a cost to following Christ. 
Because we're a culture of haves and because we're a culture of ease, again, I don't want us to feel guilty unnecessarily for what we have. That's not my point. But there are a lot of people who will sell a Jesus who if you just come to Him, everything will be fine now. And you will have the life of ease of comfort and your children will be healthy and safe and secure and get great educations and good jobs and all will be well. And we should not promise you that. But Jesus will take up the cause of His saints. And He will bring justice to them. It may mean that you do face injustice in this life. It may not be a lot. But it may be that you are ostracized at work or you are passed over promotion simply because of your hooking your wagon, star wagon, to the star of Jesus. That for the sake of righteousness, you will not bill illegally and your partner will look at you and say, too bad, so sad. And there may not be a thing you can do about it because you can't prove it. And you should pour out your heart to the God who Himself has tasted the sting of injustice in this world. Kids, the playground, she's a dangerous place. I'm going to tell you, it may be that for loving Jesus, you will be laughed at. It may be that you'll be tempted to do things that you ought not do and there may be no teacher looking. And that teacher may not ever see and you may not be able to do anything and what are you to do? You are to pour out your heart to your Father in Heaven who sees all and who takes up the cause of the little ones He loves. Parents, we may die and not face much in the way of injustice in this life. It may get harder for our children. I don't know. I'm not asking us to live in fear. But for a lot of the history of the church, injustice has been what she has faced. And what should we do? Because we serve a God who is kind who loves His people, we lift up our hearts and we cry out, God, steal the hearts of our children and our children's children to have faith. Because Jesus asks this piercing question in the face of injustice. When He comes, will He find faith among men? What will steal your heart and what will you encourage? What will you be encouraged by? It's this that you have the author and perfecter of your faith who himself has come under judgment that he might love and protect the ones he himself has died for. I want to be real careful as I come here. Beloved, please let me say this gently. 
Please let me say it gently. Death feels like the ultimate injustice, doesn't it? And we know all our good theology that we are justly deserving His displeasure and condemnation. But experientially, death feels like the, the, the last injustice in some ways. And I want you to know, people of God, that you serve a God who is not dead, but is living, who has defeated even death because He is a God who has taken up the cause of justice and loudly brought it to a good conclusion. I'm not very patient. Ask my wife, I'm not very patient. But if, if a knuckle-headed judge like that will give justice to a poor old widow, won't the God of all grace and mercy surely give justice to His people? Let's pray. Father, I pray uh, Jesus, I preach like I believe what I'm saying. I do. We do as your people, Lord. We believe. Help us in our unbelief. Help us to see the living, good, kind King of all heaven and earth Help us to know deep in our souls that You have taken up our cause and continue to. And You will bring Your kingdom and You will set to right all that is wrong and You will make all that is sad come untrue. Steal our hearts, Lord Jesus, please, that we might pray and we might not lose heart. And when You come, we might be people of faith. For Jesus' sake, for our benefit, for the hope of the souls of the people whom you have saved and who love you, we ask. The pleasing scene is clouded or with pain. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. Our prayer is that this message was able to nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you. Please visit our website for worship service times directions to the church and to subscribe to this podcast our web address is fortworthpca.org fort worth presbyterian is a part of the presbyterian church in america jesus my lord my life my light oh come with blissful rain Break radiant through the shades of night And chase my fears away Won't you chase my fears away?